Hey everyone, welcome to the first official episode of Science Hurts, a science podcast hosted by myself, Devin Mooring, and my co-host, Ananya Hoda. In each episode, one of us will come with a topic to teach the other one about. In this episode, Ananya and I will talk about ChatGPT. We discuss what ChatGPT is exactly, what it means for the future of science and technology, and the effects that it has on the lives of students and other people alike. Enjoy the first episode. Hey Devin, I had a question for you. Have you ever heard of ChatGPT? I know it's been in the news a lot, but I just wanted to know if you've heard of ChatGPT. I have heard of ChatGPT. I used it once. My friend called me and was like, oh, Devin, you have to check this out. And he would give the like AI different prompts and stuff, and it would, it would write stuff. So we were like giving different script ideas, like, oh, write a script for XYZ show, and it would write something. And it was really cool to see what it came up with. But I know it's kind of semi-controversial in some places, but I don't know a lot. It is become semi-controversial, at least in the education landscape. But I was actually quite curious about ChatGPT because I took an intro to CompSci class last semester. And I just wanted to see like how CompSci could be used for other things. And then AI has been in the talks quite a lot recently with, you know, like self-driving cars. And then they had ChatGPT with like AI and like it, I think it uses machine learning. And from what I understand, I think it's like a large language model where it like takes in a lot of prompts. Like you said, you put in a couple of words that you want it to kind of write about and it writes about it. What exactly is machine learning and like what is a large language model? So basically machine learning is kind of, you're using a lot of data input. Um, to basically improve performance tasks. In my understanding, you're basically using algorithms to digest a lot of data and you're basically regurgitating that out in terms of like useful output that people could be using it for in terms of like speech recognition, email filtering, maybe, you know, like the biometric stuff that could also be used uh, in terms of AI and machine learning techniques. And then a large language model Basically, what ChatGPT could be classified under, um, it's in a sense like a neural network that can generate um, text that resembles human speech almost. So I know that like you said, you use ChatGPT to produce scripts. Um, some people are using ChatGPT to basically create lists of things that they want to do or to debug or to just code, simply code data. Um so a lot of people are using these technologies similar to ChatGPT that are powered by neural networks, machine learning, and uh, AI. And large language models basically tries to resemble human text. So it's basically putting these words together that humans would use in the colloquial sense and to like make sense of that. So basically... Machine learning is when there's a large database of information. Uh, let's say it's like a bunch of different like sources from like the internet and the AI kind of like digests that and then uses that to make something based off of the data that it has collected. Yes, precisely. So it, it's basically kind of like you have like one set of instructions and the machine kind of learns its way around how to digest the, these data sets without like you inputting a step for each type of scenario. And they made it so that it can communicate in a way similar to the way that you and I and other people talk on an everyday basis. Yes, uh -huh. exactly. 
That's really interesting. Okay, so what it sounds like from what you're telling me is that ChatGPT can be used for like a bunch of different things. And like, you know, for me personally, I'm just using it for fun, but people clearly are also using it for, you know, more important things. So what do you think technology like this could be used for in a more serious sense? In that case, I would say a lot of students are using ChatGPT to almost write essays for them. So that's something that students have been using. And like also people that are in computer science, they could be using it to produce code. Other important things would be to draft emails or draft other documents, important documents, maybe legal documents even, and pass it off along as their own writing, if you will. Aside from that, I know they're still developing ChatGPT and technology that's similar to this. And I know they're using artificial intelligence in a broader context. Like they're trying to automate driving. So like you have self-driving cars. Um, maybe they're even trying to automate other mundane tasks, you know? You think that is going to be a problem in the future? Like, or is it, has it been much of a problem right now? In terms of students, so I know I have this one teacher for one of my classes and he cracked down recently on people using AI to write their essays. So it has slowly become a issue, especially for teachers, because one way to assess if a student's really learning in your class is to assess if they are able to write based on the guidelines you provided on the text or prompt or whatever, you know? So even though ChatGPT was released, I think, I believe it was last November, last December. So it's only been a couple of months. Teachers have started to find out about this and they're trying to uh, use other methods to combat this. In terms of other things, maybe if what they're using for um, self-driving cars, I know that they have had collision tests and sometimes these self-driving cars are not able to gauge the distance between two cars or if there's an incoming car because things are unpredictable. You can't really predict every scenario because there's going to be millions of those. So I think there are issues arising from these in terms of the things that we can tangibly see. Now, there are issues that could come up in terms of ethics because there was this one documentary that I was watching um, on Netflix. I think it was called Coded Bias, I believe. And this one scientist from MIT was basically telling us how these AI systems and these machine learning models are essentially developed by Caucasian males. And it's almost like they're being developed for Caucasian males because they're unable to detect any sort of people from different backgrounds, from people from different races. So it also brings up that ethical issue in terms of uh, besides those tangible issues that I talked about before. Yeah, um, I'm just going to go back a little bit mm -hmm. to what you were saying before. I I think it's really interesting that you talk about how it's being used in the classroom, because I know that with ChatGPT, you can put in very specific prompts and it will be able to produce something that like very strictly follows the guidelines that you give it. So I can definitely see how that is becoming and will continue to be a problem when it comes to chat GPT and other AI large language models being used in classroom settings. Um, and then one thing that I was having a conversation with someone about is the idea that like companies could use something like chat GPT to instead of like having 
to hire so many people for marketing and stuff, they can kind of input the information from their previous advertisements and just have the AI write more ads for them so that they can produce and produce and produce and maybe not have to hire as many people, maybe not have to pay as many people. The, you know, the ethics behind that are like all up for debate, but I think it's really interesting how something like ChatGPT really opens the door for writing that seems human that doesn't come from people. And then going back to your point about the documentary, I think it's really interesting that you say that because, I mean, that makes sense. If the people that are writing the like code for it and the people that are putting in the data for this sort of thing only view the world in a certain perspective, they're not going to know or realize that they're only putting in data that fits their world. And like, even if it comes down to like language, you know, people of different cultures have different colloquial terms and communicate differently. So you can see a clear difference. Just like look at the way people talk to each other in real life, the way people communicate on the internet. So I can definitely see how that is a problem. And it just kind of emphasizes how important it is to have diversity in all sorts of work, especially something like this. I completely 100% agree with you. Going back to the point that you mentioned about companies now like automating a lot of the things that require the human touch, if you will, like advertising, PR, marketing, companies could definitely start inputting their past advertisements to produce um, more advertisements and kind of automate the jobs that were previously held by humans. And that's a real possibility that could happen to any job. I know that there's technology that even doctors use, you know, surgeons use that can like really like precisely make cuts and sutures in the body. But I feel that a certain cohort of jobs, if you will, that may not be so impacted by AI because you still need people to do those. You still need doctors. You still need somebody to consult. And even for teachers now, there's a possibility if writing gets automated, which it, it is with ChatGPT that maybe teachers or professors, like people who relay information and teach other people, that could also be automated. But I think that lacks the human touch. So it'll be a change that's to come in like many years, but I don't think it'll be soon enough. I mean, I could be wrong, but I definitely do see how companies and other industries could start automating a lot of the jobs that people often take for granted. Yeah. And about... Um, diversity, I think that's especially important in this day and age because, you know, like global connectedness, there's people that are connected from all over, from all parts of the world, from different perspectives, different walks of life. And we just need people with different backgrounds to create these things that are equal for everybody. And if you have languages, for example, that you mentioned, different dialects that people talk in and uh, communicate with, if you automate that, it's almost like you're erasing a part of history. You know, it's not like you're erasing it, but like it's fading out. It's kind of like going back to like how and like, I suppose in like the olden days, people used to kind of talk and that's how they used to uh, pass down information and stories and, you know, like historical facts. And slowly things started fading out, maybe for whatever reason, people either forgot or for automation purposes, um, because people used to write these things down too. 
And that's why we have a lot of the records that we do from previous eras is because people used to write these things down. But now with ChatGPT, if you have AI that's emulating human speech, human words, human text, you're removing that human element from history and from, you know, our day-to-day lives. From the conversation we've been having, it really sounds like it's more possible to see a future where humans become less relevant when it comes to creating content that requires, you know, words and express thoughts. But the thing that makes me feel a bit more comfortable about it and like less afraid of something like that, you know, really taking away something from us or taking away jobs, you know, is that what chat GPT does in like, you know, all AI that works this way, it can't create something new exactly. You know, it, it takes what's already there and it like remixes it. But I think when we talk about like language, chat GPT isn't going to come up with new slang. You know, it's not going to come up with like new terms, really. That's kind of something that humans do. And I think that's something that's really unique to us is that we can create something unique and something new and we give it meaning. Um, And then that is the meaning that we tell the AI it has, and then it makes whatever. But I think as long as people continue wanting to create something unique, create something new, there's always going to be a place for humans in communication. No, absolutely. I think you're, you're definitely correct because AI is using whatever we give it, right? And mm-hmm. like that we assign meanings to things, meanings uh, to things that may not even be related. And that's what's unique about, you know, being human, the human experience. So we really cannot um, eliminate or subtract humans out of the equation, even if AI, you know, like in the movies might even take over the world. Um, it, it might be a possibility, who knows, but it is... It is kind of scary to think that maybe humans might be irrelevant one day, but I don't think that um, I don't think that it's gonna be a drastic change. Hopefully, it might be little by little, year by year. Well, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But this was really interesting. Um, I guess I'll have to go and I don't know, maybe spend some more time using ChatGPT. Yeah, what if we use ChatGPT for our next episode? Who knows? But this was a very interesting conversation, and I'm very excited to see how it's going to change what we know, education, writing, basically everything that we know of as students in the near future. Yeah, well, I guess that's all for this episode, but uh, thank you so much, Ananya. And thank you all for listening. We're still in the process of learning how to podcast and whatnot, but we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. And we're excited to make more episodes in the future. Make sure to give us a follow on Spotify and I suppose also a review. Until next time. See you guys. Bye.